0: los angeles underground it's time for your new favorite podcast the superiority complex
1: it's like honey in your ear holes
0: welcome back to The superiority complex everybody your new favorite podcast we're all here today your favorites your old favorites jake is here
2: Mm -hmm. aka
0: mr cellophane uh (laughs) justine is here i don't want to know why (laughs) I don't know why I do not want to know what you rap in that cellophane. Justine is here. (laughs) Patrick's here.
3: Hi, everybody.
0: And of course, John Sandy is here.
3: Howdy. How you doing, John? Good. How you
0: doing? How's everybody doing? It's been a rough couple of weeks here in the old, good old U.S. of A. Uh, A lot going on. and uh, we touched on it a little bit last week, thanks to the courtesy of our friends at uh, Cult Forty Five, and and I felt uh, I I did a little, I, I took the temperature of the cast and find it, try to figure out if they wanted to say anything, say a few words. Of course, we're going to touch on everything that's going on, you know, major protests for Black Lives Matter and and the death of George Floyd, and I just wanted to kind of touch. You know, when w- I just wanted to say real quick, when when we say. Fight the power at the end of every at the end of every show. It seems like a little catchphrase, but it's something that we really took seriously, and we've been saying that ever since uh, um, Donald Trump took office. We've had that little tag, and uh, of course, I mean this has been going on for years. I mean Donald Trump was not the catalyst for the murder of George Floyd. This has been going on for years and years. Although he does not help the situation, and in many no. ways exacerbates the situation, um, <clears throat> so he is not. He is not. Completely uh, blame-free, you know. When you when you come out on the side of uh, when when you're not sure you can condemn Nazis, I think that's a that's a bad sign. I think that's a bad look How for someone. When
4: you you uh, condemn an innocent man who got uh, <clears throat> assaulted by police officers. Oh sure, and yeah. then was filmed on camera, and then say he was probably part of Antifa, and you know. Oh yeah, yeah. That's to no good, and everything was staged, right?
0: The, the guy faked his uh, his own fall. He uh, you know, faked it. um,
3: fake the blood coming out, coming out of his, out of his ear, ears. Right ear. now, fake.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this is obviously something that is systemic. It's in it's in every it's in every um, part of our society. Uh, we talked about it with Brent on his episode of uh, when he did the home video hustle. Racism is inherent in the country. It's in the bones. It's in the roots. As our friend Tawny says, you know, it's something that has to be. Uh, pulled out by the roots because it goes it runs so deep in our country so uh when we say fight the power we 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 really mean fight the power but of course we also know that people tune in to kind of get away from um you know whatever's going on in their lives they just want to sit and listen to some dumb conversation for uh you know an hour or two and and we're we're here to facilitate that but uh please know that we take these issues very seriously. And, uh, you know, that is not just something we say at the end of, of the episode. And, uh, you know, if you guys want to have a chance to say anything right now is a good chance. If you guys want to add anything or anything I missed last week, or just give us an update on how you're feeling about the whole thing. Now is a good time. So, uh, I will, Um, I will open the floor to comments. Uh,
4: like I said, before we started the show, I, I think you did a beautiful job, uh, summing up how we're all feeling. Um, the only thing I, you know, really want to say and this is just in general to everyone is we cannot stop here. This this is not enough to say that these people are going to be charged for the crime they committed. This has to go further. This system has to change whether it's from the ground up and we have to tear everything down and start fresh, so be it. But enough is enough and we can no longer stand for treating people Inequality. inequality is is unacceptable and we have so much we have to do to make up for the horrible travesties this country has done to you know people of color and minorities it's it's it cannot stop here
0: no and there's a momentum now it's building and what's what's funny is it's it's a lot of um you know it's the generation that people kind of sloughed off as mi- mi- all these millennials uh but yet as someone pointed out on twitter you know it's the generation that You know, people were wrote them off, but they've gotten tear gassed and and rubber had rubber bullets shot at them and they come back for more. And they've organized these massive protests like we've never seen before. This is this is a global phenomenon this time. And um, and so, uh, yeah, you're right. This is something where we've got the momentum. And, you know, to be honest, whether or not you how you feel about the police, you have to admit that they are not doing themselves any favors in the way that they are uh, brazenly uh, brutalizing protesters on camera like for yeah, example it's making it worse pushing down it's it's almost as if they they see it as a challenge and that's
2: what uh, blows my mind is that they're on camera and they still carry on with this brutality it's just yeah and and in a lot of ways it's it's completely unfounded and it's uh, but
0: it's uh, it's very much a an us versus them uh, uh mentality uh, and and that that also needs to change. And and again, it's systemic. It's something that's it's um, it, it's something that's in the system. And and yes, of course, not every police. I mean, we don't have to keep saying it over and over. Not every not every policeman's bad, but there are enough bad policemen out there that this keeps happening over and over and over. And this is not an isolated case. And if it were then I, I might be able to see why some people say, well, you know, what's, what's going on? Why, wh- why are we burning things down? What, you know, if, it, if, we're, if it were a singular case, um, I might be able to at least see some of the reason that people are saying that. But remember, this keeps happening over and over again. And the last time it happened, the last time there was a major shooting, uh, you had NFL players try to protest peacefully and they were uh, ostensibly silenced by, you know, Trump and the NFL, and people I and mean, they had their argument twisted to be something un american, which it was not um, and so now we 're dealing with the ramifications of 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 having to of, of a whole country putting this off over and over again um, and that 's what we 're dealing with a lot of what we 're dealing with so um,
3: you, you know, you know. If that had not if that had not been filmed, they would have just said he was trying to get away, and it would have been. None of this would have happened. Well,
0: Thank John, God,
3: that, that was they, right. Yeah, they had Thank it God down. Somebody saw that. They had wait. it they had
0: it written down as if they were going to write it off as a, they called it a medical incident that he had a medical incident. Yeah. And so who
3: it's amazing that they kept it on there for 9 minutes and they've got the proof that's a murder on camera and uh, you see that uh, in Kentucky they they kicked open that uh, that girl's door and shot her dead and there was no film of it. So that just kind of came and went. People got angry. Oh, Brianna Taylor.
0: Brianna Taylor. Yeah.
3: Yeah. This well, is on film, so this is this made the difference. There was no way to uh, no way to weasel out of this. Everybody saw it, and that was that. You know.
0: Yeah, and and it's obvious now that, um, you know, the uh, many of the police. Uh, well, there was the police union in New York yesterday, and he was oh, de- demanding respect and saying that you know. So they they you know many of the police organizations see it as a challenge and instead of a challenge to kind of look inward and kind of you know figure out how to how to fix things um now you have them basically just taking out their aggressions on you know protesters who in in many cases are peaceful um aside from that first week when there were initial you know pockets of looting and rioting um the the protests since last week have been peaceful uh, yeah. So you know now there's no reason to keep brutalizing the protesters, but we we still keep seeing videos, and even in the case of the uh, Mister Gugino, who's you know who was pushed down, 57 officers uh, uh, they they uh, walked out of the job yeah. because because uh, yeah. in, in in solidarity with the officers who were accused of shoving him down. So even then, you know the yeah. the message isn't getting across, and so you're right, Patrick. We need to keep. We need to keep it up and we need to, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, the oh look at all these people that were out there saying that we shouldn't be going out in the middle of a pandemic. And, and now look at them. They're all protesting. First of all, I attended the protest locally here. 90% of the people had masks on. I'll tell you that. Uh, unlike the people who were protesting for haircuts that we saw on TV um, and, you know, screaming in, you know, police faces, you know, um, and then, uh, Also, um, some things are worth taking a risk over. And this is something, obviously, that has boiled over again and again. And we keep having to address it. So if we have to go out in the middle of a pandemic, we're going to have to go out in the middle of a pandemic and do it. Um, At least it's worth doing. It's not like we're just going to go to the beach and hang out. People are doing this because they believe in the cause. So look at it that way. And also, um, you you also have – I mean – you know, people had already people were already going out for Memorial Day anyway, you know, yeah. not that that makes it OK, but I'm just saying, you know, people are people were going to be out there anyway. And again, a worthy cause. Uh, and here's something interesting. This is the first time in America that we have time off in the middle of the week. So look what we could have been doing if we had jobs like they do in Europe where you can take time off to do this and not be afraid to lose your job. Look how many people turned out. Yeah. Look how many tr- people have turned yeah. out to these midweek protests, and that's what it's taken. You know, that's what it took to get uh, you know th- these police officers charged. Um, you know, and uh, you in
3: know. So in say, a way, it almost was good timing. They said it was terrible timing. In a way, this is maybe the only way you could have gotten that many people out.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's the truth, John. Because this keeps happening, and you know we have these pockets of protests or process, protests that happen on the weekend when it's not necessarily you know. You know, it's not a good time for the news cycle. You know, not a lot of people watching the news on the weekends, stuff like that. And so now you have these protests happening.
3: That's going, going on for two weeks. And, they, you know, a lot of people from the old protest days say never had anything that went on for two weeks solid. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And uh, they, they also said, look, you're also seeing a lot of white faces in the protesters. And you didn't necessarily see that not that that not that many like if you go back to like 69 or 63 yeah they said that's kind of encouraging that you're seeing a real diversity of people marching sure and and, and,
0: um, and as i've said on my facebook page and as i've said before we we really need a lot of people have taken me to task for for calling out white people but it's like i'm not calling you out for i'm not calling you out negatively we need white people to help um because I mean, whether you like it or not, white white people's voices carry a lot of weight in this country. And so if someone doesn't necessarily believe that racism is something, you know, they're not going to believe it exists coming out of a person of color's mouth. But they might believe their brother or sister or, or you know, friend or relative that they, that they, they trust, you know, that might be – you might be the person that reaches out and, and changes their mind. And – um and so you know we need i
3: think also seeing it what what changed a lot of minds was seeing it there's no dodging it there's no getting around it when you see it you see all nine minutes and it's happening right in front of your eyes i think there's a lot of people there's just no way they could explain it away it's happening yeah and they just go oh my god people have been talking about this for a hundred years and this is what's been happening for for more than a century and it's it's just the way it's been described but there it is you can't you can't avert your eyes; it's right in front of you. Exactly. You can't put a spin. You can't put a spin on it. It's happening. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And before- if you're afraid of the pandemic, you know, police brutality will kill you just like a virus would. You got to decide. Maybe it's, you know you're going to be dead either way. Maybe it's it's better to get out and protest. You know. I would rather stand up for what's right and risk getting sick and dying than do not. Yeah, and
4: obviously thousands of people feel the same way, obviously. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so It
4: was a really, really good video that came out, I think it was yesterday the day before, from uh, activist Kimberly Jones. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, it is some of the best way to explain to people who don't understand why these things are going on and why people are angry and looting. And it's it was incredible incredibly powerful and if you get a chance you should check it out it she does a wonderful job and the pain is real
0: she really breaks it down using monopoly as an analogy for yeah
4: and it, it makes it easier for you know some people who may struggle with understanding it it makes it in a way that you know anyone can understand you know why things are systemically wrong and why people are so angry um I mean, I, I highly recommend you check it out.
0: There's, uh, I would recommend if you want to help educate yourself, which a lot of people seem to be, you know, reaching out for right now. Uh, read um, Tanahisi Coates's uh, book, "Between the World and Me," fantastic. Read uh, Howard Zinn's "People's History of the United States." Um, that's a great perspective on on you know on the United States history that you might not get in uh, in school. Uh, and uh, watched the thirteenth on Netflix. Um,
1: I had to watch that in my criminology class I took last
0: year. Did you love it? Mm-hmm,
1: that's a great. Um,
0: what's really weird, won, didn't they? What's really, what's really weird about that movie is I saw it when it first came out. It was at the right at the end of Obama's term, and they predicted exactly the situation at the border that's happening right mm-hmm. now with all of the ICE detention centers. You know when they're talking about all the pro uh, for-profit prisons. Yeah. And how ICE was going to be the next one to blow up, because they had built all these detention centers and there was there was nobody in them, and so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's worth watching. But yeah, um, crazy times. But I, I I'm I'm feeling hopeful. You know, I was angry at first. I really was angry when I watched that video. It it really I told I, would, Nic- I told Nicole it broke something inside of me because I've yeah, just I've been seeing absolutely. it, and and you know here we are two years two years from arguing with people about. Colin Kaepernick and in and, and his protests and how, you know, you know, it's the most American thing in the world to protest. Right. We, we you know, we hold up things like the Boston Tea Party and we, you know, and, you know, we talk about them and, you know, and then when people actually go out and do it, all we do is crap all over them. You know, and we go out and we and so, you know, there was a chance for some some peaceful, at least uh, progress, you know if we had listened to those protests and we just decided as a country we didn't want to and so now this is what you get you know you get you get violence in the streets but uh hopefully some good is going to come out of all of that but uh i'm glad you guys are all uh doing well did you guys uh have any instances where there was uh were you close to any of the of the uh, uh riots or looting or was it mostly peaceful where you were
4: and everywhere we were was extremely peaceful. We got an opportunity to actually go protest uh, ourselves, and it, that was a really powerful thing for us, you know. As well, um, it just felt right, like you know.
0: Yeah, it felt it felt good to be out there for a good cause. I, there was a there was a protest here. I found out about it pretty late. I put a put together a sign really hurriedly and I socially distanced. I was about 10 feet away from uh, you know, kind of, we took up four corners of a street and um, So did we. Yeah, and we kind of tra- I was at the very, very end um, I was actually between the police and the protesters and the police were just kind of observing um, oddly enough. Was the- that Whittier? No, it was Brea. Uh I didn't go to the, Whittier had a really nice march uptown I saw they had two of them. They had a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. they had two of them, and all yeah. peaceful, all peaceful. Shout out to yeah. the shout out to the hometown right by the studio. They had one, and um, they went down the they went down the street by the movie theater right there. Um,
5: yeah.
3: Did you go, Did you get to go to that one, John? No, I was at work, but I saw that it was all boarded up. Uh, Levels and all the stores from uh, Hadley to Wardman, they were all boarded up, so that if anyone was going to break glass, it would be harder. But yeah. I heard that both both protests were peaceful. There was no, no violence that I heard of. They, uh, they went down to city hall and then the next day they, they went down Greenleaf.
0: Yeah. Ours was completely peaceful. Um, uh, you know, and, and again, like 90% of the people had masks on that were protesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh,
4: everyone we saw had masks. Yeah.
0: I avoided, I just stood on the end of the street and with a sign and, you know, I was out there for, you know, a little while and, and, uh, but yeah, it was. It felt good to be out there, at least doing something, making making your opinion known. Because, and you know, what what really encouraged me is where we live is fairly conservative, well, very conservative. And there was so much support from people driving by. You know, people out mm-hmm. honking, lots of people leaning out and shouting support. And every once in a while, you'd get somebody say something. But I'd say ninety nine percent was positive. You do we need a wine opener over there? Is that what we need? Yeah, we do. who's opening wine
2: (laughs) that was my brother oh nice nice how's your brother doing how's he doing he's doing good he actually went to we had some protests here and um him and my sister ended up going and um i don't think they're super knowledgeable about what was going on but they said they everyone had kneeled for the was it the full eight minutes
0: Yeah. yeah yeah
2: and it and he said it really hit him because yep. halfway through, he's like, "Wow, there's like it was like half halfway, you know." Seems like they're kneeling there forever. Plenty of time to change your mind, right?
0: Yeah,
2: um, yeah. An opportunity to change someone's mind or to make a
0: difference. Plenty of time to change your mind if you've got your your knee on somebody's neck. I would imagine. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, um, I mean, I'm glad that everybody, I'm glad we're all on the same page, guys. That that really makes me happy that I don't have to argue with anybody on the, no. on the podcast.
3: Hey, hey, it's us. I know. <laughs> but no
0: no no. But you know, well, here's the thing, John. I'll tell you what I've been I'll tell you the struggle I've been having it, personally on social media is first of all, I don't want to make this you know, this is this is never about me personally, right? But I've been having these arguments for years and years and years and I've been trying to get people to, you know, kind of you know, thankfully I, I do want to shout out a couple of people i'm not going to say their names but they know who they are a couple of people have reached out a couple of people have reached out and said you know um you know you post these things uh, you post a lot of these things and after a while you just you know i've read a couple and then you know it you 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 start to say okay like you know i'm going to read this article and maybe and and then they come to a, a point where they change their mind about things and um and if not, they change their mind, or if they were kind of in the middle, they kind of go, oh, I, okay, I see what you're getting at, and I understand now. And you're right, John. This video really made a lot of people confront a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. You know, confront Because their-
3: it's between you and your eyeballs. You know, now it's between you and your eyeball. There's no more just saying, oh, that's saying that. You have to decide. We're you okay with somebody being murdered like that. Is that you have to ask yourself what you're willing to put up with yeah. in your own country.
0: And it's easy to be comfortable. It's easy to be um to you know, it's easy to just say, well, you know, the you know, the thing is like the the argument is, you know, people who are just like, Well, I'm not a bad person and you know, I'm not racist, it's not enough to not be racist, you know. You have no. to you have to you no, have to not. you have to actively be anti racist because you know if if you're not racist then you're just existing you're still not helping push out that racism and uh you know not helping stamp it out so it's not enough to just say well i'm not racist i mean it's great that you're not racist that's a good start trust me that's a great start but you know you need if
3: you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem
0: that's it That that's right and so it's a low
3: bar it's a low bar to say, well, I'm not, I'm not with the KKK. It's like, well, how about you build on that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. What's the
3: next step then, you know, if you could actively do something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, you know what guys, it doesn't all have to be getting out and protesting it. Sometimes it is just posting things on Facebook, posting information, recommending a book, um, you know, recommending, you know, something for somebody to watch or, you know, read or listen to, um, Sometimes it's, you know, just educating a person, you know, answering a question, being there to ask questions. Um, And, uh, you know, there's all these different ways. And voting. Please vote. Please, please, please vote. Please vote. You know, that's the biggest one. You know, because the politicians who support these guys and support this kind of, you know, this kind of behavior, um, you can find them. You can, you know, you can weed them out. So, I mean, vote and do your homework and, and, and learn about, you know, voting records for some of these people. You know, if you're if you're, you know, if you a congressman or something is pro giving, you know, all this old military equipment to the cops, you know, maybe you want to look into that. Maybe you want to maybe that's something that you can say, OK, I, I don't I don't agree with that, you know.
4: And I would I would tell people that this is not a political issue. issue this is a human issue. Correct. So, I mean, the people who are making this about, you know, party lines and, you know, you're either Republican or Democrat. No, if you're a human, if you're a person, you need to have the common decency to respect the life of someone else.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you. And uh, I think we all
5: agree. That's the
4: part that drives me crazy the most is just to see, you know, you you watch things on Fox News, you watch things, you see things on Facebook, you see things where, you know, you you have someone who's strongly Republican and supporting the police. I get it. Like, I understand that's your political view, but he was a person.
2: Exactly. Yep. You know? Yeah. What, how would that person, how would someone feel if that was your brother or, you know, did you, your did, family member? Did
0: you see did what, you what, um, hurting? I'm sorry, Jake, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you see what, but you brought up a point, you know, there's a, there's babynames.com, you know, the baby, you know, yes, and pe- people that. go on there and, you know, what am, what am I going to name my baby? Uh, you, every single one if you went on babynames.com it said every single one of these was somebody's baby and it had all of the names of people that have lost their lives to yeah. uh, police violence in the last 10 years there uh, was
4: a picture that was really struck man. me too it was a woman holding a sign that said when he cried out for his mama all mothers heard it
0: yeah that is uh, it's
4: like it's it's heartbreaking
0: uh, and it's 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 hard not to be angry and upset about it, and it's okay to be that way. Um, you know, it's it's okay to f- have those feelings, and and people are going to have. Look, people have strong feelings about the police in this country. You know, the, you know, the, it's it's you know, it's it's. Um, and I understand they have a hard job. Um, they have uh, they have they have they put their lives on the line every day. I'm not going to deny that. But we're also asking a lot of the police. We're asking them to solve a lot of social issues that police training doesn't cover and you know there are a lot of police chiefs out there who feel like you know they've said it before you're asking too much you're asking them to be you know uh social workers with guns and you know there's things they they deal with like homelessness and drug addiction that they really shouldn't be dealing with that should that's a social workers area of expertise and social workers have training in de-escalation and mediation. And that's not necessarily a policeman's forte. It's not their fault. That's just not what they're trained for. Um, no,
4: the six-month training they received is not enough. So,
0: yeah. So you have I, – I actually reached out to a friend of mine, an old co-worker, who is now a social worker at a school. And she deals with a lot of uh, troubled teens. And she deals with a lot of kids like high at-risk youth. And, you know – she says i you know i'm i'm not armed you know i'm not i sit across them i have no weapons of my own you know, it's a, i think she works in a continuation school and some of the kids are may have you know you know records and uh she says you know i don't i sit there and i'm unarmed and she said a lot of times she gets called in to mediate disputes between the school resource officer the, the police officer there on on campus and one of the students and they don't call her in until 30 to 45 minutes into whatever's happening. And at that point, Jesus. the students is already, you know, the situation's about to turn, you know, ugly. And that's when she gets called in. And she said, you know, in a lot of these situations, social workers should be the first call, you know, not we yeah. shouldn't be the last resort. And so things do need to change. But again, people feel very strongly about the police and their role in our society and, they see any, you know, it's, it's, I mean, metaphorically, it's a black and white issue because it's like, well, if you're against this, then you must be for this. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. As John Stewart said, you can support the police and still expect the highest standards out of them because they yeah, have, they have we
3: the, should hold them to the highest standard.
4: Yeah, they have a power to they, take
0: someone's life instantly.
4: Absolutely. They are carrying a loaded firearm on their hip majority of their time yeah and that should be the last response
3: in a situation is to pull that weapon Mm -hmm. you know what is it that guy said um if the only tool in your tool belt is a hammer then every problem looks like a nail and if, (laughs) if the only thing the only thing you've got if the only thing you've got is a gun then guess what by the time it comes to your desk that's about all you've got to deal with it you know
0: yeah that's true and uh you know so we have to we have to really look at uh, we have to really examine and like like you know like we said it has to be something that's fundamentally changed you know you have to change the fundamentals of of how policing works and it's going to be it's not going to happen overnight but it's something like patrick said at the start we can't stop we have to keep pushing this these issues
4: the system has to change and you know what i would even go further to say that it's not even a police issue at this point it is a country issue
0: definitely um, definitely, and and so some,
3: vote, yes, everybody vote in November. <laughs> vote, please, vote, vote, vote. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, well, that's another thing, John. We're gonna have to see how that goes.
4: And I guarantee if he makes it another four years, this country's gonna burn.
0: Mm. Well,
4: I, I can't see it any other way.
0: Well, I think a lot of what we're seeing globally. I think globally is a lot of reaction to not just the murder of George Floyd, but I think a lot of people are starting to see that the way this country's turning and, you know, these, yeah. these protests are, are, you know, you know, people, you don't think European people in Europe can spot uh fascism a mile away, right. you know, they see, they see what they, they see, the way things are turning the way, you know, the way we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of shredding up our democracy, uh, you know, piece by piece here over the last few years. And, uh, you know, it's
3: happening. That is amazing. Germany, England, Australia, they're all marching. They're all marching. It's crazy. Yeah. This is the first time the world has come out well, to can, say can, you know, enough is enough.
0: Can you imagine, you know, Trump's always so worried about the rest of the world, of us being embarrassed, right? Oh, you know, it's embarrassing. One
4: embarrassing that. Well,
0: not only that, how do you, I mean, think about other countries that are going. Why are we still protesting this in 2020? Do you know what I mean? Why yeah. are we Why are we yeah. still protesting inequality in in 2020? I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong, Racism's everywhere, and I understand that. But we're the we're the we're the country that seems to be the most comfortable in it. You know, wearing it. We're we're the we're the country that seems to be just fine with it. Like most people are just okay. Well, it exists. It's
2: like that, and it's that's
4: because this country was built on it,
2: and, exactly, yeah. and that, that's why we say we're also the country that preaches, you know, equality for all, and you know, we're a melting pot of different cultures. When we can't even keep our, we can't even keep our own people alive. It's I can't even word it properly. It's just, no, I know
0: exactly like what you're saying. We're a country of high ideals. Just like, mm-hmm. uh, like, like Mister Potter says in in uh, in It's a Wonderful Life, you're a man of high ideals, right? We're we're a country of these high ideals, but we rarely live say up to we them. Used to be, we're, well, we we have them, we just rarely live up to them. You know, there've been there've been moments in our country's history where we live up to them, definitely. But you know, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say the last no. fifty or so years have been uh, you know particularly bright. Uh, you know, as far as that's concerned, living up to those ideals.
2: These ideals that we've been, you know, taught to you know, that we've been taught our whole lives, like treating others equally, learning to compromise, all these things that are so integral to so many people's lives, is doesn't even get mentioned, brought up or even practiced up at our you know, at our highest levels of government. You're absolutely right. We even have two separate parties who can't we can't get anything passed we can't get any reform done because one one's too stubborn to let anything pass for the other or they slide in some small they slide in some of their own personal uh, agenda into these certain bills and the other party has to deny it or has to knock it down yeah,
0: you're right it's definitely gotten more john in our lifetime it's gotten less and less, uh, let's reach across the aisle, and, and more of a F you and your guys kind of a kind of. I'd
3: say since the, uh, that all started pretty much in the 90s, it used to be that they could go out and get a beer after, after Congress adjourned and they could talk things out. And that pretty much stopped in the 90s. And uh, what it is, they demonize the other side to the point where you can't even be seen talking to them uh anywhere and that that means what can you get done if you're not even treating like human beings you know
0: that's true uh we we have a lot of work to do guys that's basically we do have a lot of work to do but uh you know you know i'm reforming entire nation from the ground up so but you know what i'll tell you what guys
3: voting it's it starts with voting so we're five months away and uh, people better get on it I know.
0: I I will tell you what I feel like the country is like seeing all the, the next generation out there and seeing the passion and you know just how everybody you know they, they didn't let first of all you didn't let a bunch of uh, idiots hijack your message because you know you had all these people out there trying to start trouble and, and a lot of a lot of places they were like they were rabble rousers the guys in the guys that burnt the the, the, um, the courthouse in Nashville were white. They were white guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was all these people That's that true. were trying to take advantage of the situation and kind of trying to fan the flames. And, you know, remember, there's a whole movement of people who want to see a war between, you know, you know, you know, blacks and the police or blacks and white people. There's there's people out there that want that. That, that will further another civil
3: war. They'll, they'll yeah. further
0: that. And so they're out there trying to trying. to, But you know what? These protesters were so good at stamping that kind of behavior out. And you're seeing all kinds of videos of that, of protesters grabbing people and saying, hey, don't burn that building or don't tag that or don't
4: even worse. Like, you know, them grabbing the people who are doing it, turning them over to the police because that's their only resource to solve that problem.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, you know, just remember, there were people out there. But in the last two weeks, you know, these protesters have taken control of the narrative again. And we're back to peaceful protests and the momentum doesn't seem to be letting up. So I feel like we're in good hands as far as, you know, this this next generation being not letting this go like like the rest of us did. You know, I feel like that. I feel like we're in much better hands. But, um, yeah, it's I I hate to start out so heavy, guys, but I didn't want to. um, I also wanted to give everybody a chance to say something about it, you know,
4: it would be improper for us not to address it.
0: Uh, yeah, and you know, we—I um, mean, we—we we do talk. It can't always be hobbits and lightsabers, guys. As we always say, it can't always be hobbits and lightsabers. Sometimes you got to have uh, something serious in there too. So that's our serious time. How's that?
5: It's good. <laughs> Everyone's all. have a good point? There. Does anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's all. Yes. Does anyone hobbits have?
3: Uh,
4: you got a point there.
0: Anyone Want to? Anyone want to add anything before we uh, move on?
4: No. Fight the power. Just. There you go. Be the change you want to see in the world.
0: Very nice. Thank you. Anybody else? All right. Justine, you're awfully quiet. Are you okay?
1: Yeah, I'm good.
0: Are you sure? Do you need a hug? Mm-hmm. No. How do you feel? How are you feeling? Patrick, take care of my light work. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? And, 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 uh, and uh, you know, just so you know, uh, on this show, uh, and I think I'm going to speak for everybody. You know, we don't, we don't talk about, uh, again, we're trying to be light and we're trying to be, um, you know, we're, we try to keep your mind off of things. But we, when we say we want equality, and I think I speak for everybody, we want equality for everybody. You know, that's everybody. Uh, gay, straight, uh, black, brown, everybody. So, you know, if, even, if we're, even if we're not talking about it, please know that we all, that's what we all want. And uh, knowing these guys outside of the podcast, I know that I'm speaking for everybody. So please know that we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, I I know a lot of people feel like left out. It's like the all lives matter people. It's like, yes, we know all lives matter jerks. But, uh, you know, right now it's the black lives that are, that are in danger. So that's who we're trying to help. So
2: black black lives matter. All lives don't matter. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we need to like just remind people that we, we just because we're talking about this issue doesn't mean that I'm not getting ready to go. You know, I'm still trying to get kids out of cages at the border, things like that. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah.
4: the people who say all lives matter, it's really just the point of you. You have to say to them, OK, prove it. Show me. Yeah. Fix the issue.
0: Yeah. Get out there and okay. vote.
4: Show me. Like if all lives fucking matter. Show me that you're willing to fix the issue. Make right. it so that every single person is equal and that these people do not have to be systematically put down time and time again.
0: There you go. That's absolutely right.
4: I fucking hate people like that. I fucking hate people like that.
0: I'm sorry. No, it's fine.
3: It's <laughs> so angry. Mario. It's, Mar- so angry. Mario. Yeah. yeah. Mario. Yes, sir. This is the point where you say, I don't care if you're a hobbit or a Jedi, you're all equal.
0: Yeah. I don't care if you're a hobbit, a Jedi, a Vulcan, whatever you are, I embrace you. I embrace you as my Very equal. Good. A a Corellian smuggler, a Wookiee, an Ewok, uh a Gungan, whatever you <laughs> whatever you got. Whatever uh, well, fantasy yes. race you got. Yeah. An elf, a dwarf, uh you know, whatever you, a changeling. Is that a thing? That's a thing. Hey yeah, Lord of that's the Rings it,
5: proved in. I'm
4: impressed. We can't. Uh, we can't do things alone. Sometimes we need help getting up the mountain.
0: Man, Fellowship of the Ring, bro. I'll right be. There. I'll just remember, guys. I'm your Frodo. No matter what you <laughs> need.
4: I, I, I may not be able to carry it for you, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you. Oh no, I'm
0: not your Fred. I'm your Sam Wise. That's what I wanted to say.
5: <laughs> yeah, okay. Your Frodo's like God. <laughs> <laughs> so, such a bastard. Speaking of speaking
0: of Frodo, we get to see we're gonna see Bilbo in a little while, but uh we'll oh. get to that. Let's uh let's take a quick break, guys. I'm gonna break I'm gonna I'm gonna do something we haven't done in a little while. I'm gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. So we'll be back after this message. Welcome back to the show guys. Nice little break there. And we reset now we're uh, we're moving on to lighter things guys. Uh what have you guys been uh, entertaining yourselves with? I know I mean last week I really didn't feel like watching much but uh you know after I got out of my funk and I got kind of back into uh you know things going on I, I started to uh, pick up a couple things here and there. I started watching Space Force the uh How Steve, is that? the new Steve Carell Netflix show. I want it to be, I want to love it, and it's not letting me love it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look good.
0: It's like a cat that you hold, and you, you keep, you know, the cat just wants to wiggle away, but you feel like if you hold that cat long enough, it's just going to give in and just be like, yes, I like being held. I feel like it's, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's got a lot of great moments, but the, the sum is, what is it, John? The parts are greater than the whole. Is that what they say?
3: It doesn't add up. It does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, there's some great moments in it. Um, You know, it's, it's Steve Carell and it's, it's Greg Daniels, the the creator of the, uh, the American office, uh, you know, and they did a great job with it. Uh, There are a lot of great, like side jokes, like little jokes here and there that work really, really well. And, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, for the most part I've watched like three or four episodes of it and I've laughed out loud I think maybe one time so mm, I need that
3: good for a comedy no <laughs>
0: whereas where you know a show with like shit's creek there's a there's at least one or two moments where I burst out laughing like every like a good belly laugh you know uh-huh. every episode and the characters are someone that I want to spend time with characters in, in space force not, not necessarily people that you know you're like, oh, I can't wait to see this character. Although Ben Schwartz is in it, and he's fantastic. Um, hmm. He's always good. If you know John Raffio from uh, from Parks and Rec, um, he's in yeah. it, pretty much playing a very similar character. But uh, yeah, that's the only really new thing I've picked up. I've been exploring the HBO Max catalog, uh, which if you don't have that, is fantastic.
5: I
4: haven't really found anything on there where I'm like, oh my god, this is on there. Thank god! Like, it's a lot of stuff that are still on Hulu.
0: Wait, have you not looked in the know. in the Turner Classic uh, bin? No, no. I need oh, to. Ju- you need it to-
1: has all of your movies on there.
0: Yes. So, John, you remember Turner? No. Turner Split, right? Turner Split with the Criterion Channel. They had um, and that – they had channel, right? Yeah, they had film. Uh, what was it? Film, uh, rock. Filmstruck, that's right. So, I I subscribed to their Criterion channel, and then HBO Max came out, and it's basically, if you have HBO with certain cable companies, you get it for free. So, it's everything at HBO. It's all the HBO shows and movies. Plus, they have the Warner Brothers library. plus really? Yes. Plus, they have Turner Classic on there as like a sub... Uh, they have Turner Classic... Um, Children's Television Workshop, so all the Sesame Street stuff is on there. They have Studio Ghibli on there, so it's all... Yeah, that was cool. So And, mm-hmm. and then, John, they have all of the... Uh, well, they don't have them all, but a huge catalog of the Warner Brothers cartoons. Really? Yeah, on there yeah, as well, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just between the Turner Classics and the Warner Brothers cartoon, the Looney Tunes collection, I'm pretty well stocked, but look inside, uh, uh, Patrick, check out the... Um, check they have everything in there um, and a bunch of the Criterion stuff is in there too um, mm-hmm. so you know a lot of the foreign films are in the uh, Turner Classic uh, library so
3: yeah I'm still going to go so when you say just... when you say they've got the Turner Classics library are they running the same scheduling as Turner Classics channel
0: no 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 because it's streaming so it's uh, anything they have available to stream is there um,
3: Ah. Gotcha.
0: It, you know, gotcha. so anything that Turner Classic has available, so but they have stuff like uh, that's where I was watching The Adventures of Robin Hood was on there, mm. and then so it's anything that's available on HB any of the shows, you know, Westworld, you know, any of the new, you know, Kirby Enthusiasm, all that is on there. Um, so people who like Warner Brothers TV shows like Friends, that's back to uh-huh. HBO Max now and what's back it's on HBO now because friends is a Warner Brothers property but any of the Warner Brothers movies so like if you go into Turner Classic it's both it's Warner Brothers and so they have like treasures of the Sierra Madre's on there like all these Warner Brothers movies that we've that we've watched but I did notice yeah. Justine I was noticing how many of the digital movie club movies popped up on there
1: I, was, I know I was I saw that they were putting up for you to watch but then I went through it A through Z and when I was scrolling through, I'm like, holy crap, this is just Mario's collection
3: <laughs> <right here." laughs> You're I mean, welcome. a lot more
1: oldies, though, that I haven't
3: seen. Um, yeah.
1: But, yeah, it was definitely your collection. That's all I thought about.
0: Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. You are lucky to know me. So just remember Oh, that. yeah. So what-
1: lucky. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: you, 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 ex- you would have never been exposed yeah. to Humphrey Bogart, unless it were for me. Those beautiful okay. teeth.
3: <laughs> and, and now it's hanging in your room. <laughs> it's weird the way life works, huh? Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, weird. That's the word. Yeah. It's So, um,
0: have you guys been watching anything else? Have we caught anything else? Is there anything out there that we need to uh, make the people aware of? Uh,
3: I
4: haven't been watching anything. I'm working on a new uh, home video hustle logo.
0: Nice. Hmm. Nice. Is it time? Is, is it? T- I hope we work on a new soup complex logo because I'm tired of looking at my fat face.
4: I love our logo. Don't make me no.
0: It. I that needs a change because I don't like All my right. fat face. No, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: you
5: okay? I'll make you deal.
4: You make that into a shirt. I will change the
0: logo. Oh God. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll be the only one that wears it. It'll you
4: be. <laughs> So, no, yeah. I'm going to wear it every day for the rest of my life. Yeah, i wear it at work all the time. we wear a vest over our normal clothes. It'll, be, it'll, it'll be my... Like, hey, you want to listen to my podcast? Here it, you go.
0: It'll be my Jam Jam ah. shirt. It'll be my Jam
5: Jam.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll buy yeah, it... No, a, I've been working on that. I, I, I have been kicking around a couple new logos, but I, I want suggestions from you guys off the air.
1: I'm what? watching... Well, they just did the season finale for Betty... Um, I don't know if I recommend it to you guys because you guys are boys. But I don't know, have you guys seen what Betty is about?
0: No, what's Betty about?
2: About this, about this, belly and belly, Betty.
1: Female skaters.
0: I'm, I'm in. I'm in.
1: And they live in New York.
0: Okay, I'm out.
1: And basically, they're dealing with a lot of like gender issues.
0: Back in, um,
1: you know, guys taking <laughs> over. But there's a lot of um. Lesbians in it too. Like, it's really good. I like it, but I'm a girl, so that's why I don't know if I can't
0: recommend it. Where can we find this show?
1: Betty? Mm hmm. It's on HBO. The show is on HBO. If you want to watch her movie, it's called Kitchen or Skate Kitchen. Okay. And she also has a TED Talks about Skate Kitchen because she named their group. Kitchen because they said women are always supposed to be meant in the kitchen. So then she wrote had this whole TED talks about it. Damn, the
0: that's girl in of that's the girl. awesome. That's what we call yeah. that's what we call it. taking the power back, guys. That's how you yeah. do it. I like that. <laughs> I'm gonna check I that mean, out. I
1: love watching it, but yeah, it is a girl. I mean, I don't know, girl um, power. I think I, I freaking love adult it. enough to be able to
4: understand it. And yeah. Enjoy it.
0: Also, hey, I I don't know if you know this about me, Justine, but my mom was a woman. So, you know, I know all about... Ladies I issues. have a mom and a sister.
2: Okay. Oh, God, that Hi, God. sounds horrible, guys. That sounds so horrible.
5: <laughs>
0: Please stop. We sound like <laughs> the You're dudes. We sound like the dudes in a in a in a, in an a onion AV club thread. That's <laughs> yeah.
3: God. It's just making me hurt inside. And I'm waiting for somebody to go. And I just love lesbians. Oh yeah. Oh uh, man. <laughs>
0: don't uh, get me started. Nice. Yeah. Don't don't get me started on that.
5: Uh, Insecure
1: is about to finish their show i freaking love insecure and she actually had a one episode that dealt with well i mean they always deal with race but she had some bad one because um she goes off on the this asian guy and the asian guy saying well i'm a minority too it gets really crazy but yeah I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. Insecure.
0: I always see the trailers, and it looks hilarious, and I want to watch it.
1: Oh, Issa is the best. I love Issa. But again, I feel like she speak, like the whole thing speaks to me. Like, I love it. It's all girl it, power for me right now. It is a
4: very funny and good show. Okay. Even um, though I don't watch all of it, I catch snippets when Justine's watching it. And I'm like, wow, she's really funny. Sometimes
0: uh, we like those girl. I like the girl power stuff. I've told you guys, book smart. I cannot recommend that movie enough. My daughter finally watched it. I, I don't know how I feel about her watching that movie, but uh,
1: yeah, yeah. But, but I did watch when HBO Max came out. I finished watching all of the Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh, how was that? Yeah,
5: <laughs> we're gonna we're,
0: we're gonna cover them on the digital movie club. So get ready to no watch way. them again.
2: Don't say anything. Don't-, don't hurt my feelings.
5: Okay, I
1: actually <laughs> I don't know. Watching it over, I don't know if it holds up.
2: Mm.
0: How's that? Interesting.
1: Because, so they were trying to do more of the technology with the CGI, right? Yeah. There are parts where I'm like, I don't believe in this. What is it? I don't want to say Riverdale. Rivendell. Rivendell. That area, like, it's just the backdrop and it doesn't look realistic. It just... I don't know. I didn't quite...
0: It's 20 years old now. It's 20 years old now, so... All that stuff, and the thing with digital technology, it seems to be outdated faster than you know standard, uh, you know, like the old blue screen stuff. Oh yeah, for
4: sure. Yeah, I mean, you look at anything that has practical (laughs) effects, is always going to look more. It's going to last a lot longer than anything with a digital effect because digital technology continues to update. Mm -hmm. We get more skilled at being able to make something that looks realistic continuously. That. It, it will fade with time. So yeah, I can definitely understand how visually it does not look as good as something that's out now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> um, but, but I that's no fault of the movie. I was influenced by their um, reunion that they did. I was telling about telling you guys about it two episodes ago. Yes. Yeah. They did their reunion and everyone was there. It was amazing. And a lot of them kept their helmets. So nice josh gad's like how did you guys do that <laughs> how did you guys get to keep your helmets it was crazy um but i didn't know i didn't know that gimli was the guy from indiana jones yes, very...
4: yes. Sala. Yeah, that
1: was cool it was cool to see that
4: uh justine was surprised about a lot of things well i'm glad you liked it isn't yeah isn't somebody working on a new
3: uh, lord of the rings right now for cable
4: uh, there is one coming out. Uh I think it was HBO. If I'm not mistaken, uh they were working on a a series and I think it follows the Similarion
0: Oh, the Silmarillion. Okay. The Silmarillion, which is I the the ancient the ancient like the ancient text like it's when the elves it's first like, came or when like man first Jedi. came to the Middle-earth, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
4: Keep talking for it's a, like a second. Like highbrow Jedi shit.
2: They mm-hmm. can get behind it.
4: Yeah, so I mean, it, it's it's they definitely started doing it when um, uh, uh, the Hobbit. Uh, what? Uh, no, what's that other show that everybody loves? Game of Thrones um, was ending. <laughs> They're like, hey, we're going to start doing this because we know that the last season of Game of Thrones was crap, and we think we can do better.
1: Damn.
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, that's a pretty low bar. So I mean. <laughs>
4: Damn. <sighs> ah. Yeah. I mean, you
2: know, hey. Guys.
3: Yes.
0: You know what it's time for, right?
3: No. Um, it's time to get ill?
0: It is Change. time to get ill. It's always time to get ill. Here we go. You ready?
3: Yes.
0: It is yes. time for dun 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 dun. Dun, dun. Dun,
5: Digital movies!
0: Da 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 da! Digital movies!
5: Da 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 da! Digital movies!
0: You're in the club! I miss you yelling that.
4: I know, like, I can't do it. I know. It's, I
2: feel so bad if I were to do it. Guys, we'll be back in that I'm already, studio. I'm already loud enough as it is here. We will Do be, I need to start yelling it? Because I have no shame. We will be back in that <laughs>
0: studio. <but laughs> we will be back we in that studio before next that. year, buddy. Don't even worry about it. Don't
3: even worry. I wonder. Yeah, how Renee and Sue are naked doing
4: it right now. Well, Renee <laughs> just recorded an episode in there.
0: Probably. Yeah. We shout out to Renee. Uh, does anybody have the name of that? Of Renee's new podcast. Renee's doing a new uh, podcast.
2: I can. I didn't see it. Out out my ass. Real quick. Hold okay. on. I didn't see a name on his post, so I'm not sure. It's Our
0: friend Renee. Real
2: quick.
0: Over, they're probably recording yeah, in they,
2: Are they open
3: for curbside service at Thunder They are. Right they now? are open for business. Open, open. How many people get to come in the store?
0: I think ten at a time.
3: That's a 10 lot of time. People. That's a small store.
0: I think five at a time.
3: That's
0: five still at old. a
4: there. <laughs> I think one <laughs> okay, at a time. I failed you guys miserably. Facebook okay, doesn't have time. a search button anymore. Two at a time.
0: Just look for Renee.
4: It,
2: Just doesn't type
5: in
4: Renee. Button
2: it doesn't have a search button anymore, guys. Yes, yes it does. It's at the top. Intro to the new show when you watch. I it, will
1: say that talking. it is really hard right now to not have social media when everything is going down. Like, I don't see what people are posting about. But I also hear that it's kind of a good thing to not have social media. Right now.
2: keeping up keeping up with the nerds
0: podcast keeping Thank up you. with the nerds variety hour is what it's called keeping up with the nerds wow. variety hour and that's our boy wow. that's our boy yep. renee and his buddy brian so uh we'll we'll get that to but listen to please support renee please support uh our friends over at the old uh undercity comics uh home of our mm-hmm. studio uh, we'll be back there soon, hopefully. Well, not too soon, but uh, soon enough. When we all feel comfortable, <laughs> when we all feel comfortable going in there, we'll go in there. Uh, when we all, spe-
3: I wonder if we can speak into the microphone with a mask on.
1: Can we bring our own mics?
0: Yeah, bring your own mics. Byom. Byom. Yeah, our friends at shu- our friends at Shuffle and Cut are still open for curbside. Make sure you pick up some uh, some games. All right, yeah. all right, guys. It's time for the Digital Movie Club. Let's talk about it. We had two. We're, we're smack dab in the middle of the 1980s right now. I mean, we could not have asked for a better week, I don't think. I think these are two. He's knocked it out of the park.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: one of these was spectacular, and the other was Brazil. Hey. Just kidding. Hey. I did that because no, don't talk
5: smack. You, you, both
4: these movies.
0: you thought it was going to go the other way, and that was the joke. All right. So which one do you guys want to do first? Justine, ladies' choice, as always.
5: Hey.
1: Mm, let's do Brazil.
0: Ooh, you're gonna start out. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have the steak before the salad. I like that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> the meat of okay. uh before potatoes. All
0: right, uh let's go Brazil then. Brazil directed by Terry Gilliam. Uh Patrick? Please use uh, please use the keyboard that apparently the, the, it's the one you used that was used in Brazil, from the way it sounds.
4: <laughs> and uh, okay, I already typed it in. I, I pre searched to oh so dang. Have to deal with that. Uh, Seven point nine on IMDb, ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to throw you Metacritic too, just because I have it. Eighty four percent on Metacritic, uh, with a whopping uh, release date of December 18th, 1985, Budget of fifteen million dollars. Box office in North America was only nine point nine million. Yes, a better this, reception across the seas.
0: This movie was critically acclaimed and uh, was a box office failure—abysmal, abysmal. But has retained. And this, by the way, as a person who worked at a video store in the nineteen eighties, could not keep this movie on the shelf. Uh, it, it was a cult classic from from the get go as soon as it hit video people found out about it and uh and wanted to uh watch it so it was it was a movie that uh I saw when it was on video uh but uh we could not we had one copy in the store and it was almost always rented so um it, you know it, the, the, it goes to show you that it, it the word of mouth caught on as soon as home video hit and home video helped a lot of movies i mean you know we we talk about like modern movies an equivalent to me would be like i mean not nearly as I don't think Brazil is, is, is as beloved, but Shawshank Redemption was the same way. It bombed, and then as soon as it came out on video, uh, you know, had a whole new life. So let's see. I'm going to go, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in order of the way I think people enjoyed it, because I have know John's seen it already. John, you'd seen it already, right?
3: Yeah, I saw it in the theater, yeah.
0: All right. I'm going to go in order of people I think enjoyed it the most to the least. Let's start with Patrick.
5: um
4: i actually really did enjoy this movie it was fascinating um it's all over the place and it's definitely the type of movie i feel like i have to watch multiple times to really catch everything um but i mean it was just a trip it had humor it had some really serious points as well that just like it, it it had a lot of inclinations as far as where kind of the country was going. The U S was going, you know, a couple of years ago that we've kind of shifted away from. Um, but, uh, it was, it, it was a fascinating movie and the actors were great. Um, there was a lot of nice little, you know, nods to some really famous people in the film. You got a lot of the Monty Python troop cause it's a Terry Gillian film. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Um, and I mean, it was just overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's something I definitely want to watch again to just kind of get a better grasp as far as which moment he slips from reality into uh, the imagination. Because there's at some point that he goes from being, you know, in the world to no longer present at all.
0: Well, spoiler alert, I think it's the moment that Michael Palin is going to do his work. Is that, that that For me, that was always like the... The demarcation. Um,
4: Maybe. I mean, I, I kind of almost feel like, too, that it might have been, might've uh, been even before the, that the moment in the shopping center with the explosion. Oh. I kind of have a feeling that it was there because I don't think Jill survives. I think she's dead. Mm-hmm. I think she died in there and he was so distraught and, you know, damaged from that that he never came back to reality
0: you know that's a that's kind of where i'm feeling but that's great because that's oh it's open to interpretation and that's that's what's great
4: this movie is definitely open to personal interpretation like it's it it is very much like hey you kind of figure your shit out for yourself we're just going to give it to you
0: you know the terry gilliam movies um you know they're different from the monty python movies obviously because it's not oh yeah it's not everybody working on but they have that same kind of um Almost manic style of direction. It's all over the place. Where they're all over the place, and all of the Terry Gilliam movies have that feeling. They have that Monty Python Holy Grail feeling. You know where Holy Grail is. Holy Grail is much less a movie than it is a series of little episodes. And like
4: movie was beautiful. It's
0: gorgeous. Yeah.
4: It's it's definitely like I mean just the whole you know style and motif was really 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 well done and beautiful to watch and, uh, and also I appreciated that
0: a lot very influential very influential and this is yeah. definitely a movie where you feel like the the world is real it's a, it's a very fantastical world but it's a it feels, it feels very grounded and it feels like it exists and um and you know it's this nightmare bureaucracy uh and, and the, yeah. but you also have these beautiful it's a black
4: comedy mm-hmm. for sure it's a black comedy uh, like it's it's super dark, and you still have wonderful moments of humor, like when their suits are filling up with sewage because Robert De Niro switched the pipes on him. Um, I, you know what's
0: funny? I've seen this movie, and I always forget. I'm always surprised that Robert De Niro's in it. I always forget. I thought he would play.
4: I thought he would play a bigger role. Like he's definitely just like a side part of the story. Mm-hmm. He's not. You know, he has parts, but I mean, it's not like he's. I thought. You know, to see first of all. I was shocked to see him in a sci-fi movie. Like mm-hmm. that was incredibly insane when I read it. And
3: I said, Oh, it starts Robert, wait, it starts Robert De Niro in a sci-fi series. And then, you know what? Patrick, he, uh, he wanted, he wanted the part that Michael Palin played, but Terry Gilliam had already promised that part to Michael Palin. Yeah. Uh, so he said, so he said, well, what else have you got? And Gilliam said, well, we got this other great part, but it's a little smaller. And he said, that's fine. I just want to be in the movie. <laughs> I, he, he was great. Like
4: he, he did a stunning job. And even though his part is smaller, he doesn't speak a lot. Like it was believable that, you know, Hey, he's this renegade. He did air control. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's just ridiculous to me, but it was fun. Like I, I, I had a blast watching this movie. Uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's amazing that the bureaucracy is such, the bureaucracy is so all consuming that the only way to rebel is and and help people is to do something mundane like fix their heating system without filing all this paperwork. Like yeah. like it's kind of it's kind of says something to that society. That that's it, where it, it, the the it the bar for heroes be, is pretty low.
4: Yeah. It had the feel for me. Like one of my favorite books uh growing up that I read several times was uh Aldous Huxley's the invisible man. Mm-hmm. And it has such a strong feel for that. Like 1984 as well. Like they're both based off dystopian societies and how someone kind of basically wakes up and is just like, you know, Hey, I need to do what I can to save this person I care about and get out.
0: Yeah. Um, did you recognize And There's so many uh, familiar faces. uh, There's so
2: many people in this movie. Like, even just somebody in the background, I guarantee he's probably somebody. Even the main character we've seen, oh, well, oh yeah, Jonathan I'm
0: Price, sure. of course. Mm-hmm. Did you did you guys recognize Mister Helpman, the, the gentleman in the wheelchair? Did anyone recognize where you know him from?
4: Yeah, he looked familiar. I was trying to remember.
0: He was the mice. Oh,
4: go, oh sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead.
0: No, go ahead, just, Justine. Not good. No, go ahead. no I, want to, I want to. I want to. I want to see your guess. I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear your guess.
1: I recognize him from something where he's like a really old king.
4: Not a king. Oh, um, he was the blind. But he's wearing all black.
0: No, he's the oh, blind yeah, that was, guy it, from uh,
1: Game of Thrones. Game yep. of
0: Thrones. Yeah, the Meister at the Black Watch.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, that was him. Uh, Peter a lot Ron. of Game of
2: Thrones people in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, okay, I'm going to go to my next person. I thought I enjoyed it. The next, the next amount. I'm going to say Jake. Me? Yes.
2: Okay. What the fuck did we just watch? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you watched Brazil with Terry that, Gilliam. Okay,
2: if this if this movie is not what who's the who's the writer? Terry Gilliam Terry is Gilliam. the director. He ate some nasty. He ate some weird fucking food when he dreamt up this movie. Do
0: you, John, do you have do you know who Terry Gilliam is? Is uh, so out there. Okay, Terry Gilliam in Monty Python and the Holy Grail is he's the animator. He animates all the enemies yeah. for 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 uh, Monty Back. Python, and he's also he's, in Holy Grail. He's Patsy, the uh, right. He's Patsy, the king's uh, squire. Right. So he's a and Monty pipe uh, He's a Monty Python guy.
3: Makes so have sense.
4: Have you ever part read the Jake? King? Huh. Hmm. Have you ever read 1984? No. Read the book. The movie will make sense. Okay.
2: Were you scared?
0: Yeah. Were you scared?
2: I was scared. I was like, what the fuck's
5: going on? (laughs) This movie...
4: all over the place. Uh Uh-huh. This movie and, like, the, the books as well, like, this was at a time, like, where technology... Was like It's like the birth of technology and what you know. a lot of writers were afraid of what would happen as far as with society and power and control. And this is like a perfect illustration of, of what a lot of people were afraid of and what is still scary at
2: this time. Oh, yeah, I get that. The, uh, the consumerism and bureaucracy to the point of nothing being able to get done. And the and the point where it's
4: like governmental control.
2: And the and the
0: point where there's you know, the machines have taken over, so there's no there's no room for errors. Or errors aren't you know, the humanity has been, you know, weeded out, and so even something like such a simple error leads to somebody being killed because of a bureaucratic you know, it was a mistake. And so you think
2: that yeah, that it's it's impossible for a mistake to happen. Mm -hmm,
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So other than, but did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the trip you went on, or were you
2: flummoxed? I I I I mean I could look away. <laughs> <laughs> I can't look away. But it was. I mean it's it's I I can't even words can't even explain. <laughs> That's great. I I figured he was going to be like that. It's because I mean I get what I get I get the premise. I get I get the message they're trying to convey.
0: hmm I mean, you're not a dumb There's
2: guy, Jake. Like, like, where Robert De Niro switches the air and the sewage.
5: That was for you. Like,
2: um, what's, um, what's his name? Something, uh, I can't remember his name. John dowry. No, Dowry's, yeah, when Dowry has... Lowry. Lowry, sorry. When Lowry has his daydreams and the when he dreams up those crazy baby faced weird looking Mm -hmm. people and when he started doing that was what kind of made me think that he was uh, like already kind of too far gone at that point because you see that you see it later on you see it when he's on the when he's in the chair yeah that's true It could have been. I mean, he had never seen it before
0: unless he would. See, that's the thing. He wasn't at that level of the government. Right. It was all compartmentalized. So he had no idea. I
4: mean, he knew in his life he was stuck in his station that the only way he could really escape was in his fantasies. Yeah. That's why you always see him, too. When he wakes up, he's very upset and angry that he's awake and back in the real world. Right, like every time that happens, you look at like he misses the alarm clock. He he wants to live in that world, that fantasy world.
2: I understand. I get <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> I understand. I get it. I still want to know what happened.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Robert, De Niro, Robert De Niro going down that zip line like he <laughs> like, like he was going a million miles a second. <laughs> yeah. I love it.
1: Because it's lightweight. The little toy was lightweight.
2: The tiniest little toy disappearing into a little... I, yeah. Just watch it. If you haven't watched it, just watch it. That's all. So that's you it. would you would recommend it, even though you, you had a hard time figuring and it out? just so watch it once. It's one of those watch it once, acknowledge it, appreciate the message that it's conveying, <laughs> and, and then, <laughs> then never speak of it again. <laughs>
0: Unless you're doing a podcast about it, okay. Yeah, that, that, it with fire. that that now <laughs> yeah. that is what we call an opinion. All right, let's go okay. to the person I think I like. I well, I, I I'm obviously wrong now, uh, but uh, Justine.
1: <laughs> you say wrong.
0: Well, because I thought Jake was going to like it second best behind. I knew Patrick uh, would love it because the aesthetic. I knew that that was going to hook Patrick in.
2: Oh, great aesthetic, by the way. Yeah, good aesthetic.
4: All right. I mean, it, this is like the type of like book genre I started with
5: too. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I'm glad we got. It. I'm glad we watched it because it was kind of a late edition. but it was one that I was like, oh, we we kind of have to touch on this, you know, because it's so influential. And uh, so it's kind of like relevant, it's kind of like Blade Runner and very relevant. Well,
4: yeah. Yeah. Of course, it's scary that a lot of these things could still happen.
0: Uh, okay, so let's go to Justine. Justine, what did you think? Brazil. Terry Gilliam.
1: I didn't know <laughs> Brazil was already a song, I guess, because, well, we watch it with subtitles, so as soon as the beginning happened, it said Brazil as a song. I'm like, oh, it's a song.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, right? It's a song?
5: Yeah. Right? Uh,
0: yeah.
1: never heard of it, That's
0: but Brazil. 40s. I
1: mean, I kind of wish I knew the meaning of the song. I feel like that would answer some things for me, but I didn't. I only heard it in the humming. I heard it in the background. I read that it was playing. I just didn't really. I kind of wish I knew that part. But the movie has so many messages. So many. Like they try to put so much out there. I was like, all right. So they talk about people aging and how they don't want to age, right? And they're getting this plastic surgery done and. That was crazy. And then he sees himself as the bad person. And then uh, Robert De Niro, which is awesome character. Just why is it Robert De Niro? It's so weird. <laughs> but, and I did think, I figured when it happened, when Patrick said it was my Monty Python thing, I'm like, I'm guessing he liked those movies and just wanted to be a part of that. Um,
0: yeah, probably, yeah.
1: But, yeah, but it's <laughs> so random that he's in it. It's, his character, though, Really liked him. Um, that was kind of a twist for me in the end of that part. Um, that storyline. Then there's the storyline of the girl. And she has the short hair. And he's trying to get to her. Like, I don't know that. Like There was so much in this movie happening at once.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it. But you know what? It kind of felt like.
1: It felt like it was a series, and it was just put together. Like at the end of it, I told Patrick, "I'm like, oh, it's just Black Mirror, but oh, freaking wow. movie."
0: <laughs> it's, it's like a Black Mirror um, episode.
1: Yeah, like a Black Mirror movie, I guess. But mm-hmm. It had so many messages, and it followed through and kept showing you more about it. Um, you can definitely see the world, but I don't know. It still had that '80s vibe that I was like. Yeah, I need to see more of the
0: world than just this small set. <laughs> yeah, well, they they do that on purpose because you you see the scenes where they're driving back from the refinery, and you can tell the world is just bombed out, right? Yeah, the yeah. world is all shelled, and they just have the they have the the advertisements up. They have kind of like that wall so that you can't see out of the out into what the world looks like, <clears throat> or the world's either bombed out or or kind of mined away. You know, it's all stripped away.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, so I know there was just a lot I mean when I when they first show the house and then all the technology happening in his room with the toast and the, the coffee and just everything thought of for waking up in the morning is just crazy um, even down to when they close the drain <laughs> so
0: oh yeah yeah yeah
1: the little ball balls I'm like what is that ball do-? oh it's clogging okay <laughs> so much detail mm-hmm. um,
4: so what then, I remember just to add to that point of like all the different messages in this movie what I remember from when I reading Invisible Man is a lot of the things that led to allowing this sort of governmental system to happen were things like convenience and vanity and you know machine production I kind of feel like that's what they were leading towards, not to say like you know hey this is like a message about this
0: a message about this, but that these are the root causes for why this is allowed to happen exactly yeah you you're you' yeah it was man's search for convenience that led us to just giving up more and more control right <clears throat> mm-hmm. so justine did you um i mean were you did you did you let me ask you this because you said you know you didn't like the fact that there was so much going on it's very manic it's almost it's very hard it's to just
1: they're just so much because it almost felt like when they were writing it, they're like, oh, and I want to bring up this. Oh, oh, and this. But just subtly. <laughs> and this one, too. Like, but yeah. then all in all, I just, it almost felt like this is the last movie I'm ever going to do. So I want to make sure I get my messages out there. <laughs> like, it just was. Yeah.
0: But were you bored? I, mean, I
1: picked up on them. I picked up yeah. on all. I'm like, OK, I get what you're trying to tell me here. I get the. Oh, Okay, I get it.
0: But, but but were you ever bored?
1: Bored? I don't know how you could be. There's just so much to
0: stir up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It it's um, not they don't get time to be bored. Yeah, there's a lot you're going not on. You're
1: bored cuz you're watching so much happen. And,
0: and every and every When
1: Patrick said money, month money python, I was like, "Okay, I get why like these dream sequences were so crazy and weird mm-hmm. because they kind of do that with their animation. Like when the buildings start popping up off the ground,
5: mm-hmm. when
2: it's
5: yeah.
1: flying, I was like, okay, "Great miniature
2: yeah. work! Great miniature work!" I'm just,
1: work. I'm glad like I knew that part. Otherwise, I just would have thought it's so freaking weird. But
0: it's, um, a, it's a such a those strange. Those
1: images were always weird when you watch any of those movies that have an animation part of
0: it. Mm-hmm. Um. But but a distinct visual style, too. Uh, and uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you didn't. I mean, it's going to, I'm going to wait to see your score. I, I always, I always, I never know where it's going to go with you. <laughs> you
1: didn't get an answer. How to but but
0: let's, go to, uh, let's go to John. And John, tell us what it was like to see this back in 1985.
3: Uh, well, we all went, uh, you know, this was the movie he did after Time Bandits. Mm-hmm. And we all loved Time Bandits so much. And we were all Python fans. So anything with, with Gilliam's name on it, we were going to go see, but time bandits was such a mind blower that when we saw the trailer for this, we're like, Oh yeah, we got to go. And, uh, you know, I, I dug it the first time I saw it, but this movie does actually, ironically, it is so crammed full of visuals and it's so dense. It does play better with repeated viewings. You wouldn't want to do it like twice in a week, but it does play better once you kind of know what's going on. Cause then you can feel free to look at, at all the visuals and not be wondering where the story is going to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and, of course, the visual sense, the thing with it looking so Python-esque is that uh, Terry Gilliam was responsible for the way uh, Python looked in general because all the sketches on the TV show were connected with his animation, and he co-directed uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So oh. when you see this outlandish imagery, he's the one that was the – He's the one that was responsible for, for the look of Monty Python in general, just a sort of cartoony over the top, dense look, you know. So yeah. Um if you like that, then you're on board. But there's people that think that his stuff is a little overdone or too too dense. It just it just sort of bludgeons you. And and he even said that on the commentary. He said, This movie is like an assault on your senses. It's it's so he and he even said that it probably looks better the third time you see it you know but i think what he had in mind he is on record as saying what he had on mind is something like 1984 which is why so much of this is about the repressive you know uh, police state and people just you know uh, uh, are so caught up in the technology of it that they can't see they're just trampling innocent people and uh, his original title for this Was going to be
0: 1984
3: and a half <laughs> oh, He said he, that but It came funny. out uh, He found out, because he also loves Fellini, he loves right. eight and a half So he thought, we'll just call it 1984 and a half Nice But he found out they were going to put out a movie uh, That year, they put out a movie With Richard Burton and John Hurt Of 1984, and he went, oh, bastards Now I can't call, I can't do it, I can't call my movie 1984 You know, so um I don't f I forget where he came up with the idea of Brazil. He just wanted something that was uh the way this guy was gonna escape is through something that you know, that song is just sort of like this uh So sort what of is the song like like
1: what's the song about? It does it, it was kinda a, help oh, it's through just, the movie or no, it's no. An old
3: song. It's an old song from the forties. It's yeah. the sort of thing you'd see like at a club. Actually, old, old actually,
0: old Justine, if you watch on Disney Plus, watch um uh, there's a Disney movie on there called Saludos Amigos. Oh, and yeah. And it, it was like a <laughs> pro-Latin American Disney film. They did two of them. They did uh, The Three Caballeros. Um, yes. And they did Saludos Amigos. And Saludos Amigos, actually, it's an old Brazilian song. And then they took it and co-opted it and gave it lyrics. And it's just okay. a song about going to Brazil. So, but it was kind of his happy place because it was just a place. It was a song that he used it to. It was just a happy place. Yeah, it was like it was a, really a, a song forward, that he would use that, like, to. Yeah. Dealt with the movie. Yeah, exactly.
3: If you're stuck in, you know, if you're stuck in a nightmare, you're trying to look for something that will take you away, and that song seemed to be like a perfect piece of escapism. And that's what's so heartbreaking about the finale. He's just sitting there. He's completely. You know, brain dead, but he's still humming the song. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's caught up yeah. in his own fantasy life. You know, he's it's lo- the only thing that uh, saved him.
0: He's lobotomized, but there it is. Uh. Yeah. The
3: one thing um, I I always liked this movie, but it is a, it it is a bit much all at once. There's a lot of ideas sort of crammed into one spot. It's a little long. The one thing from the beginning that I sort of disliked about this movie was uh, the soundtrack is just too over the top. You don't need uh, that soundtrack to hammer the point home when the visuals are so powerful. And I always thought it was just too much. If they could have taken the soundtrack down a notch, uh, even just volume-wise, and if the soundtrack hadn't been as manic as the visuals, it might have played a little better. But I think that was my only criticism, was it just the music always felt like a little bit, it was just too much. And um, beyond that, I, I've always liked this movie. I've always thought everybody was great in it. Uh, the amazing thing is that Michael Palin's playing a really bad guy which never happens he's always plays well, the good guy or at least the sort of ineffectual innocent guy Yeah, yeah. and you never it shows you what a good actor he is because he really is this, this it's the uh, what do they call it the uh, blandly evil you know <laughs> it's what oh, they said about terrifying. you know yeah God, that whole scene where he goes, "We've always been good friends." He's all, "Yes, Jack." So until this thing blows over, just, just stay away from me. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> I love it.
3: And God, when he's when he's in the chair and he's ready to like lobotomize him, and he goes, "You bastard! How dare you put me in this position?" You know? Yeah. Uh, so crazy. Jeez. So I don't know. But Jonathan I mean, Price, I mean, is wonderful, and he said this is really. One of two movies that he considers his best, so that's kind of nice to hear. Uh, it was he nice that he nice. can He's do fantastic, and yeah, he
0: does really good physical comedy, really good reactions, yeah. really good. Um, uh, Ian Holm is great, uh, as we know him as oh Bilbo my God.
3: As Yeah, mm-hmm. so that I love that whole scene at the beginning where they're all watching TV. He's behind the door trying to catch the whole office watching TV. <laughs> yeah, he was fun. Uh,
0: um,
3: beautifully cast. Yeah. And like you say Mario, very very influential. The Coen brothers loved this movie. You can see that scene from Hudsucker proxy in yes. the mailroom
0: is yes. taken
3: straight from that first 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, we're going to see that uh coming up. That's one of my favorite Coen brothers movies and it's directly uh influenced by this for sure. But um yeah. yeah. Um this one's always, you know, this is this isn't an easy one to digest, but I, I like I said it I wanted everyone to have a chance to see it. And again, uh, it 's dense visually it 's like a simpsons episode uh there 's a lot of gags yeah. going on in the background um there 's a lot of stuff yeah. that just you know at one point uh after he makes the the <laughs> faux pas about michael palin 's wife um you you see the in the background they walk away and in the in the background as they're, just as about they as <laughs> they 're about to cut Jim broadbent is uh like fondling his wife 's ears. Uh, Michael Palin's wife, because remember they said she had her ears pinned back. So they do like a little thing where she's got the, it's really, really funny. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot to look out for. And uh, again, um, this is one of those movies that has a distinct feel to it. We talk about that sometimes, how movies have a certain feel. And this definitely has a certain feeling to it, um, owing a lot to Terry Gilliam's direction. And, and people are either hot or cold. Terry Gilliam seems to be one of those directors where people either like him or they, they don't like him. But there's not a like, there's a lot of people that are like, ah, oh, he's okay. You know?
3: You know what? He's like uh Tim Burton. You either love him or you hate him. There's not yeah. a lot of middle ground.
0: Yeah. yeah and
3: yeah. it's usually the same it's usually the same people that have the same complaint about uh Tim Burton. It's too much, it's overstuffed, it's too this, it's too that, you know.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a challenging movie. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and rank it. John, we'll start with you. What do you give uh, Brazil?
3: Uh, I give it an eight just because it's such a fully realized world. Every doorknob, every computer key, every sunset, everything is completely realized. There's not too many movies that completely take you 100 percent in, uh, you know, whether you like it or not, that you're completely absorbed in that world. So for that, I have to give it an eight.
0: There you go. Uh, Justine. Um, I'm going to give it a five. Justin gives it as a- much
1: as I would like to rewatch it, I mm-hmm. probably will not rewatch it at the very end of it. I was like, I should rewatch it so I can figure out like when I thought that happened
0: mm-hmm
1: um. But I also just do not want to watch it <laughs> again.
0: You, you will though. It'll Give it a year. It'll, it's gonna Give stay it, with you it it
3: two what, years. It's like <laughs> you, you know
1: what's gonna be visually stuck in my mind. Though is her face being pulled like that with that clay? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then God. he wraps the ceramic wrap over
0: her. I'm like what the? Heck? Yeah, Catherine uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hellman said that she. Um, I read a thing where she she got she got really bad blisters from that makeup, and she had to fly back to the United oh. States and be treated and they told her whatever you do don't do it again and then mm-hmm, she damn. ended up she ended up going back to put the makeup back on because they had to reshoot something but she's like I had to I loved it she loved it she loved the she thought it was such a, such a cool idea that she just she had mm-hmm. to do it so uh, yeah that scene always sticks with me and the scene with the casket always uh, sticks with me too
5: oh, no. oh, God. gelatin body mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep, yep, that's very your
1: storyline was just like, oh god.
0: <laughs> that's very Mr. Creosote from uh,
1: uh
0: <laughs> Monty Python. Uh Jake, what did you think? What would you give it, my man?
2: Uh, I'm going to I'm going to give it a 5.
0: You give it a 5. Wow. What the hell did yeah. I just watch? I think is the quote that it will yeah. will
2: the message and the visual aspect of it by yeah, five.
0: Uh Patrick, what do you give it? What do you give Brazil?
2: Uh
4: I'm going to give it an eight because it just felt like the invisible man just walked off the page for me.
0: Nice. Nice. It Uh, felt
4: like exactly what I read.
0: Divisive. Divisive. Uh, I'm going to give it, you know what? I'm going to give it, here's what I'm going to give. I'm going to give Brazil a seven and I'll tell you why. John, you touched on it. The one thing I've never liked about this movie is how loud it is. Yeah. It's a very loud, it's a very loud movie. Um, and, uh, I had the volume, I had to check my volume at least two or three times. And I, I said to myself, <laughs> I could have swore I just turned the volume down. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's Terry Gilliam at full force, which is not always an easy thing to, you know, he's a challenging director. So, um, but I like it. I yeah. love the visual. I've always loved the visual. Um, I love the De Niro's in it. I love that. Uh, there's so many great mm-hmm. moments. Um, you know, you know, like any Gilliam film, it doesn't all work. Um, but uh, but I love him for trying it and for like you said John th- there's very few movies you know I can think of like Metropolis and a few other movies that put you uh, so well into like a, a fully realized world and it doesn't feel like anything that you it feels somewhat like the world you know but at the same time completely different so uh, and you believe it and you believe you be- it
3: while you're watching it you just you believe it exists
0: yeah and it it all works the way it's supposed to work in that world you know like, everything yeah. makes sense for that world. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah. But, yeah, I, it's definitely one that I watch every, you know, every few years I'll break it back out again and go, okay, let's, you know, let's, let's watch this one. But I, I always end up enjoying it. Uh, yeah. John, can you explain why the poster looks like Stan Laurel? For years I thought that, uh, that that looked like Stan Laurel. But it's supposed to be Jonathan Price, I guess.
3: You know what? It's, it's not good artwork. I think that was the secondary poster, the uh – European poster was a much more beautiful illustration of him flying with the wings through a big wall of um, of uh, drawers like um, uh, a filing cabinet the size of like the Berlin Wall. And he's he's busting through the drawers with the wings. It's gorgeous. But I think that was the British. uh, It was too subtle. And so they always come up with a secondary poster sometimes for the American audience. And so I think that might have even been just for the video. Hmm. Uh, the one you're talking about, I think might just be the artwork for the video cover.
0: Yeah. That's the one we had it. Always, I always thought it was Stan Laurel. I always thought it and was it doesn't,
3: it doesn't, uh, it doesn't do the job. It's not well done and it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, do anything. Uh, the other poster is beautiful because it tells you this is going to be about a guy who's got a fantasy life. It's almost a perfect marriage of the image and the message. His fantasy life is busting him out of the bureaucracy, you know? Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, that one you're talking about is just awful. I've always hated it.
0: All right. Well, that, we've, we we finally addressed it here. This is what we do, John. We address <laughs> it. All right, guys. It's time to move on to uh, another director we've uh, we've we've run into before several times now. He's directed such films as Animal House, American Werewolf in London, and The Blues Brothers. Our friend, Mr. John Landis. Uh, with uh, with a, a take on the Hope and Crosby Road movies, movie we like to call Spies Like Us. Patrick, tell us all about it.
4: A uh, whopping 6.4 on IMDb. 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. Look at that. 32%
0: uh, on Rotten Tomatoes.
4: A budget <laughs> of 22 million US dollars. Uh, yeah. Box office was 77.3 million. Starring... Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd,
0: Donna
4: Dixon,
0: Steve Forrest, and Bernie Casey. Every every dollar is up on that screen, guys. <laughs> 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 every dollar is up on that screen. Jake, listen, we 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 punished you with Brazil, but we we're, we're going to give you some something you like. Give you a little comedy. Mm. We give mm. you two guys you like. You like the Dan Aykroyd. You like the Chevy Chase. Tell us mm. your thoughts on. Spies mm-hmm. like us.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's it alright. Yes, it yeah. It's a comedy. it's, it's a, yeah that I mean, <laughs> pretty loose terms comedy. Yeah, sure.
0: It's an eighties comedy sure, yeah, for they're, sure.
2: They're trying, they're trying to make me laugh. Yeah, so I guess. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Whoa! What happened? What happened? Where did they fail? It was
2: okay, um, it's not. Uh, it's not my favorite of Chevy Chase or Dan Aykroyd. That's for sure, but um there, there's a couple funny moments here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what? all I have to say. It's not a whole lot. Give
0: me give me give me something you liked about this movie.
2: I I liked I liked the the spy the spy lady, I forget her name.
0: Donna Dixon?
2: Donna Dixon? Yeah. <laughs> Who because, is, you know, she was very pretty.
0: Who is Dan she Aykroyd's was wife? Fair.
2: This is a rough week for him. She was so pretty. Oh, by yeah, the
3: way, guys. Dan Aykroyd. By
0: the way, mm-hmm. this is a Terry Gilliam double feature because Terry Gilliam is in this movie. He's uh right. he really? he's one of the doctors. And as is Ray Harryhausen. Mm-hmm.
4: Doctor?
5: Yes, Doctor. Ray
0: Harryhausen. Doctor? 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 Uh, Doctor. John, did you spot Sam Raimi and his brother? <laughs> up oh, the train is back. John, uh Sandy, did, were you able to Yo. spot uh were you able to spot Sam Raimi and his brother? I did not. Uh where, Sam Where were they? Sam Raimi, they're uh they're the guards at the at the drive-in. Nice. Yeah, John Landis always puts other directors in his movies. That's his thing. He always puts Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Th- that's his uh, thing, but uh yeah, you got to see a bunch it's of great
3: them here. to see Ray Harryhausen.
0: Yeah. As uh, Dr uh Dr Greenbaum, Dr, Dr, Dr. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go. Let, Tom Hatton. Let, oh yeah, the great. He's. I wanted to send him a squiggle, so he could draw Popeye. <laughs> Our friend from the from the Family Film Festival here on local uh, KTLA five. Uh, Tom Hatton was the Air Force General, along with Steve Forrest from uh, from SWAT. But Tom Hatton yep. used to host a show called the Family Film Festival. They would show really, really, really grade C movies. And then uh Tom Hatton would you and Popeye. You'd send him yeah he would show Popeye cartoons you'd send him a squiggle and it would just be a squiggle and he would turn it into Popeye. Every cartoon was a Popeye. Yep, 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 yeah. yep. That was his thing. Good old Tom Hatton. You know he
3: was also he was also an actor and um he played FDR when Annie was on Broadway. He was playing FDR at the end. Is that true? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, you know, it's not a big part because it's just at the end, uh, and he gets to meet FDR, and it's it was Tom Hatton. When it came to L.A., I think he was the one playing uh, FDR. That's
0: fantastic. That's, cool. That's fantastic. All yeah. right, let's move quickly on from Jake because he did not like this movie at all. Not even the reference to the bar case, which I always laugh at. Um, <clears throat> Justine, what did you think? Spies Like I Us. I thought it was funny yeah.
1: and entertaining. Yep. I enjoyed it. I I didn't
0: mind the doctor thing. I thought it was funny. No, that's a it's it's such a dumb <laughs> doctor, it's a doctor, dumb doctor, joke. It's doctor. great. It's great.
5: Yeah.
0: I um, like this movie because it's it's a, it's different sensibilities. It's Dan Aykroyd being a little wacky but also a little serious. So he's not quite as serious as <laughs> Ghostbusters. He's still kind of goofy. When uh, they're
1: like trans, when he's translating, it made me laugh. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, I'll be honest. I don't ever really laugh out loud, so I didn't laugh out loud, but I'm still enjoying it.
0: You, and come on yeah and uh i love this one just because it's chevy chase at his chevy chase again and people kind of forget it i love the scene where the ninjas come out and he for no reason he says <laughs> he says stop right there and i'll bring back the sun <laughs> yeah. i can't tell you how many times i've used that just to say what's <laughs> it's a favorite
1: i like the movie um it I ma- would watch it
0: again. It make it's not it's not highly it's not a beloved 80s comedy but it's always one no. that the situation makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um th- the characters are likable enough that you watch I mean it's not great but it's they're good enough that it coasts a long way on their on their abilities as as uh as comic actors. So I I always enjoy it. But it did make you laugh. That's good, Justine. Um do you have a give yeah. a do you have a favorite part?
1: Um I did not expect the ending when he's like, Yep, we are talking about it and they're all playing their games and um oh I forgot what they were saying. I watched the movie like two weeks ago now.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm I
1: immediately watched it after we had our um podcast.
0: Yeah, we were watching ago. it the next day. We were we were watching uh we watched it that Thursday. and uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I liked it a lot. I thought it was funny. Um, but yeah, when they're just playing their game, when they're supposed to be having their meeting. Oh, I yeah. That was funny. <laughs> I didn't like the UFO part. I didn't like or not UFO, but their little alien thing that they were trying to do. I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've
0: ever. Seen. Yeah, because there's no way you would believe it. But,
1: uh, and, and yeah, and why would you have all those things in your car? You don't. You don't. <laughs>
0: But other than that, it's fine.
1: Um, and I thought the girl was a bad guy. The whole thing—it was just all like, I enjoyed this. That was fun. I like them in the army. army.
0: Yeah, that part's great. The way they're doing the basic training—that
1: I training. that one a lot too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can pick my favorite because I'd have to rewatch it to see. Did you like was. that? The
0: did you like that? Bernie Casey's name was Colonel Rhombus. I just <laughs> I just love that name. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I mean,
1: I enjoyed it. I, I just didn't take it too seriously, so maybe that's why it was fun for me.
0: Oh, another favorite part of mine is when uh, Dan Eckerd picks up the stick and threatens the ninjas and says, you take one more step and I start swinging. And then Chevy Chase goes, did you do know that? He's threatening you. Let's get him.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, but yeah, when they're like in their new towns and then they're translating everything like that, so just it kept making me
0: laugh. All right. See... I'm glad. I'm glad you went with it, unlike Jake. All right, uh, Patrick. Patrick, what'd you um, think, bud?
4: They stole the plot from Doctor Strangelove.
0: Oh, what do you mean? Oh, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of did.
4: Yeah. The whole ending. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that colonel in the freaking bunker to say, <laughs> "I denied them my essence." <laughs>
0: yeah, they did kind of steal the ending from Dr. Doct- yeah, yeah, a little bit.
4: this movie was ridiculous it was a lot of fun um i actually enjoyed chevy chase in this uh i can be kind of spotty with him um sometimes but he wasn't playing a complete dumbass he was at least some skill um and i like that i hate when he plays a complete moron Mm -hmm. it drives me crazy um dan Aykroyd was hilarious in this i love that he's like the geeky like he he's kind of typecast in that role sometimes
0: yeah like the tech um, nerd
4: like freaking i felt like he was the same character from sneakers
0: uh, a little bit yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah, a so little bit he,
4: like i he was fun like i enjoyed it um uh, and the concept was just really interesting and kind of dumb funny um there's not really a moment that i was like no fuck this shit uh I really, I really like the, like the whole test scene where Chevy chase comes in with a cast and an iPad. Like it's just ridiculous and over the top. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: Did Um, the, uh, what's that noise
4: moment? Uh, definitely my favorite moment is, uh, when, um, Chevy chase tells the ninjas, I will bring sun." (laughs) 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 It was so dumb. Uh,
0: yeah. What's, what's a dick for, um, (laughs) Uh, John Sandy What did you think of Spies Like I have no idea where you land on this movie John uh, uh, but I know you love the road Movies and this is definitely a tribute To those movies Uh, What did you think of this one Uh,
3: You know It's not my favorite but it's far from my Least favorite Um, Because I love the Bing Crosby Bob Hope road pictures so much I I cut this movie a lot of slack Yeah because um John Landis said, that's what we were trying for. You're trying to do a modern version of the old road comedies. And, um, it, it works, you know, uh, I think originally it was going to be Dan Aykroyd and uh, John Belushi. Ah. And, um, they were putting this together before he died. And then, um, years went past and they said, well, let's see if we can kind of rewrite it. So it's you and Aykroyd. And, um, there's some really funny stuff in this, uh, you know, it's not the greatest, but I, I found myself laughing. I think I probably laughed harder than I did when it first came out. Yeah. I think when it first came out, I thought it was kind of like, you know, you know, just not the funniest thing. But there, it's so hard to find a good comedy these days. Yeah. And uh, I just found, I found myself laughing through the whole thing. You know, what's, and, I, uh, I feel like
0: this is a movie where they weren't even trying necessarily. Like this is them on. Yeah. You know, this is them, in, you know, just giving it bare minimum. And it's still pretty funny.
3: You know what it is? Uh, this also feels like a lot of those Abbott and Costello movies where they join the Army yeah, yeah, or they join the Air Force or they get dropped in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, those are the kind of comedies they used to crank out two or three a year with the same stars. And so, you know, that used to be something Hollywood did very well. It's just a light, dumb comedy. And by the time the 80s come around, everyone's expecting like a big production every time you put out a movie. So what's fun about it is that it is just sort of like just a frivolous comedy that you can just kind of ride and have yeah, a good time you know?
0: exactly yeah and there's enough ridiculousness well, in it
3: actually i love that they actually put bob hope in it that's a real tip of the hat <laughs> like you want to know how much this is a uh tribute to the road pictures well we're gonna put bob hope in it
0: <laughs> yeah exactly he just pops in gives a one-liner yeah. and then he's gone he's off into the sunset i love yeah, so it so it.
3: it's kind of like a wink and so, my God, if anybody enjoyed this, I'd highly recommend, like, Road to Morocco or Road to Utopia because it's probably ten times as many laughs, you know.
0: Yeah, the road pictures are all really good. And uh, they those guys yeah. had a chemistry that uh, was unmatched, uh, hoping and crossy and It's
3: tough to manufacture, very tough to manufacture that kind of chemistry. They tried. Remember Ishtar with yeah. Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman? That's
0: right. That's right. Yeah,
3: that was another attempt. And they say what you can't construct or manufacture is the sort of easygoing chemistry that that some comics just naturally have, you know,
0: which is which is a good point, because in this movie, they don't really try to recreate that they let Aykroyd and Chevy Chase play to their strengths. And so that's why it works. And I thought it worked. Yeah,
3: I thought it worked when when plays the gearhead. I think it's it's because in real life he is he is a gearhead, and so to have him the guy that can always tear these things apart and put them back together, it's believable.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Oh,
1: I love when he's testing. That was probably my favorite scene. It's so ridiculous (laughs) and out there, but when they're taking their tests,
0: (laughs) he's got the cast. He's got the cast and
4: the the
5: whole thing. The whole thing he did. I was like, I I love
4: the fact that. Like, it was pretty ridiculous at first, and then they get caught, and then they're
3: reviewing the rest of yeah. it on tape, and it's even more ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty the biggest, the biggest laugh I got is when he goes, what is KGB? You just go, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Did you recognize Frank Oz? Yes, of course. Of course, That's the teacher Frank Oz. Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> he's just looking at him. He's just staring at him with that yeah, Frank Oz way.
3: Oh, good stuff, guys. I um, think this movie. I may- think
0: Landis tries to
3: put Frank Oz in almost every one of his pictures.
0: Almost, yeah. They must be good friends because he's, he's in them all.
3: And BB King, did you? Did you yeah, BB
0: King. BB King, enjoy a Pepsi, gentlemen, and. Uh, <laughs> I love the ridiculousness, the whole thing with the laser and all that stuff. And it's just, uh, yeah, that joke about the bar case. I think it's the bar case. They must be having trouble getting gigs. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, And that's that's something that Dan Aykroyd would say in real life, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, of course. Uh, Let's let's talk about a score. Jake, what do you Uh, give it uh, over there? uh, Four and a half. What? (laughs) Four and a half. All right. 4.5. Justine?
1: I give it a seven and a
0: half. 7.5. Patrick? Uh, seven. Seven. John?
3: Yeah, I give it a seven.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. It's right in there. It's not the, not the best. You know, John, there's a lot of John Candy made a whole career in the mid 80s of making these really light disposable comedies uh, like Summer Rental and uh, The Great Outdoors and stuff. You would just go. You knew you were going to laugh, but it wasn't going to be the, the greatest cinema. And uh, this is one of those kind of those movies where you're just like, it's like a little treat, you know, it's nothing earth shattering, yeah. but it's just funny to watch two people who know how to be funny, be funny. So, yeah, I give it a seven for uh, and I always liked that. It, it was yeah, a little like it, it's a little bit of a, I love the spy element to it, to it. I love that. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah.
3: Landis really knows how to do a comedy. He knows how to set everything up. You know, every every scene, you know, is just how to set it up for maximum payoff. Yeah. So even if you get something like this, which maybe isn't his greatest, like I said, it's far from his worst, you know?
0: Exactly. Oh, man. I'm getting the yawns, guys. I've been up a long time. But, uh, well, we had a rough mm-hmm. week for Jake. I'm sorry, Jake. I, w- I wish it could have been a better week for you, man. But, uh, you know, uh, it's how it goes on the um, digital movie club sometimes.
1: Patrick yeah, owes me two
2: scores. Oh yeah, yeah, Patrick. I see now. Oh yeah.
0: Well, um. This is for we. Please re- refresh our memories, Justine.
1: Police story. Yes. And Ron.
0: Oh yeah, you can talk about those if you want, Patrick. Since you you didn't get a chance um, to. Because uh, I quick... can
4: only talk about one of them. I'm still behind. I have to watch Ron still. Oh. So um, I'm gonna watch the, the one we today. cared about. Shut up!
0: What What do you mean we cared uh, about police <laughs> story?
5: <laughs> police story. Uh, it was my- so much fun like,
4: <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> um <laughs> police story was so much fun I loved it like Jackie Chan is a badass and the ending got so dark that was such a crazy twist for me
0: yeah um, Jackie Chan goes I, to some dark I, places in Police Story
4: I did not think it was going to go that way because it had seemed pretty kind of light throughout the movie mm-hmm. and then just to go there and I was like son of a bitch that was crazy um, but I give it an 8
0: awesome man right.
4: perfect
0: I'm glad you and liked it.
4: Ending. All
1: around one score, we all gave it. That
4: ending, ending really did it for me. Just the way that right on. He, he twisted. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, man. Like, I will have Patrick. my score for Ron
3: uh, for you guys uh, next week. Hey Patrick, were you like wondering? So like now, what happens directly after that last scene? What happens? Yeah, <laughs> to like, that does jerk? he get in trouble? <laughs> like what's going on? here <laughs>
0: Don't worry, don't worry, they don't really tell you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but, if I remember correctly, didn't he get really hurt in this film? Yes, he, so... I think it was like the, the down the pole with the lights, right? Yeah, he didn't he wear... He yeah. hurt in every movie. He didn't wear gloves.
0: He didn't wear gloves That's and there were right. actual bulbs. They they tried to run, they tried to use uh, different bulbs. They tried to run them off a battery, but it wasn't enough, they couldn't get enough juice to to light the tree up, so they had to use... Live electricity, so he burned his hand and shredded it because there were those bulbs shattering as he went down. Yeah, yep, yep.
4: I mean, he's just like, I mean, even the car trick where they get it into the little tiny spots like son of a bitch, man, that's
2: crazy.
0: I know it's always, uh, he's as
2: close as we'll get
0: to Superman. That's it, you're absolutely right. Well, I'm glad you liked it. it. I'm glad you liked it. All right, so okay, guys, so next week for the Digital Movie Club, we're going to be watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So Jake's mm. gonna get a reprieve. He finally gets one of his eighties oh. teen comedies. Thank you. And then we're gonna we're gonna sprinkle it in with some David Bowie for uh, for John. Mm. This is a John. This is a movie John has never seen. Labyrinth. Really? Right? Yeah.
1: You love Jennifer Connelly too, don't you?
3: I do. I love her, and I love uh, I love oh, Jennifer Connelly. Up. I love David Bowie. Yeah.
0: Uh, this is not uh, you. This is not when you should love uh, Jennifer Connelly just yet. We're going to wait a few years for The Rocketeer until oh, that 19, happens, right? <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: But uh, <laughs> you, you know, can like her for now. Yeah. You
0: can like. Li- I like you, Dottie. Like you.
3: Distance.
0: I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm a loner, Dotty. Uh, a rebel. David
3: Bowie is. Uh, he's uh, definitely old enough for me to love. So there he yes. Oh uh,
0: yeah. And who doesn't? Oh, yeah. Who doesn't love David Bowie?
4: No man,
3: David <laughs> Bowie.
0: Booy, yeah! All right,
3: guys. The Bowie night.
0: Next week, are you guys excited? Yes, so excited! Uh, get pumped! So we will be back next week with our reviews of *Labyrinth* and *Ferris Bueller's Day Off*, which I just watched. So I'm ahead. I'm ahead on my homework. Nice, dude. Well, I mean, you do get the list
4: ahead of
5: time. <laughs> I
0: do a little bit, but uh, I got. We have some stuff coming up. Uh, I will get that to you off air, but uh, for now, I will say. For John, for Justine, for Jake, and for Patrick, we're going to say, what do we say? We say fight the power. Fight the power. That's right. And uh, this (laughs) transmission ends now. Superiority Complex. Everybody, your new favorite podcast. We're back. Jake is here. Hello, Jake. Did I lose everybody?
5: No, you're still
4: here.
0: John is here. I'm here. Patrick, where's Jake? Oh, we we lost Jake. Nobody even noticed. (laughs)
3: Although his it still says connected for Jake.
2: I'm here. here.
1: First name you said. I can hear me.
2: <laughs> yeah. What happened, Jake? What do you mean, what happened? I'm here. You didn't say you anything. Didn't say anything. I did say, do you hear me now? Yes, we yeah. hear me now. Start Okay. Over. What the fuck,
0: dude? Uh, <laughs> I said <it> hello. God, <laughs> hello. Okay, here we go. Let's try that again. Three and oh. a two. And a one, two, three. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 1098765 here we go Mr. cellophane
5: 8,
0: 8675309 yeah Jenny here we go <laughs>
5: and action